now, hey now, Tough Skin Soft Heart family. Welcome to another edition of the Tough Skin Soft Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Cohen, and I am so excited to gather at this virtual gathering, this virtual dining room table, where we come together simply to unpack, to release, to sort, to sift, and to reimagine in the midst of the difficulties that we navigate every day behind our titles, our smiles, and our roles. This is your safe place. You get to lay down every mantle of responsibility and you get to come as you are into this conversation. You get to enter weary and leave inspired. That's our hope. This is your 15 minutes of grab and go encouragement. I like to call it your inspirational granola bar for the day to hopefully help you see it differently. And that's why we gather. And so I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for every Spotify, Apple podcast, Anchor, all the things. I'm so thankful for every review that you leave. It helps us to grow and to get better. And I'm even thankful for those of you that have gone to our website to say this podcast blesses my soul and I want to financially partner with Shannon Cohen Inc. with Shannon with Tough Skin Soft Heart to continue this work. I am so grateful for you. All of that matters. Different gifts equal commitment. So I'm just grateful that you're part of this family. All right, y'all, we have to talk about it. I feel like today is a conversation with no chaser, no ice cube, just raw, a little bit of sugar, because we got to have a little bit of sugar to help the medicine go down. But you all know, this season has been punctuated by a book I wrote called It's Normal to Shake As You Soar. The book is available right now at shannoncohen.com, and I've been calling it a 72-page mini blueprint because the book is blue. It is architectural mapping. It is innovation and strategy. It is inspiration and encouragement. It's all of that wrapped into a six by six power package of wisdom and lessons and truths designed to help us not let fear back us away from what we desire, from the dreams of our hearts. And it's more than a book family. It is actually an anthology. 2020 was a year of ugly leaps, of believing bigger than I ever have, believing and investing in my own possibility more than I ever have. And it is my own personal anthology. Every single page is full of wisdom and lessons and truths that help me to navigate the times when fear tried to make me back down and have several seats. And so I want to invite us into a conversation today. Ooh, today, y'all, I want us to talk about this thought. Meditate with me, if you will, around this question. What happens when you get scared in transit? What happens? And I think if we think about it from a natural perspective, you know, I think about roller coasters. We all have had that friend or maybe you've seen someone They stand in the line for the two hours. They talk all of this trash about how they're going to keep their hands up the whole time and they're never going to scream. And they get all the way to boarding onto the ride and they cross over the ride and go to the exit. (laughs) 
<laughs> have you ever had a friend do that? Or, you know, maybe they get in the ride and they might even buckle up and then they say, no, 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 let me off, let me off. That fear in the moment causes panic and they have to leave. I've even seen this happen on an airplane before. I've seen folks bought their ticket, get on board the airplane and freak out. And then the flight attendants have to escort them off the plane. Real talk, this was my life. Like y'all, I rolled my big wheel until I was about nine years old. Don't talk about me too bad. I loved my big wheel. I had a Knight Rider big wheel and I loved it. And then I had a Holly Hobby training wheel bike and I loved that too. But going from a big wheel to a training wheel to a two-wheeler two with no training wheels, I remember when I was learning how to ride my bike and I wasn't supposed to be riding in the street but I was with my friends because I was this late bloomer going bike riding with my friends and they wanted to ride in the street. And I knew my mom didn't want me to ride in the street because I wasn't ready yet. But here I go in the street. So I'm pedaling, but I'm looking back at our house to make sure that she doesn't see me in the street. And y'all, I hit a parked car, flipped up on top of the hood of the car, knocked the wind out of myself. And my mom had to come down the street to come get me and my battered bike anyway. <laughs> and y'all know I'm an 80s kid, so we didn't wear helmets. So after that experience, y'all know I tried to go back to my big wheel, right? Because <laughs> that's what happens when you get scared in transit. You try to revert back to what is safe and what is comfortable. As I've been really meditating on this and doing research, one of the things that I discovered has been eye-opening for me, and I wanted to share it with the family. You know, the Federal Aviation Administration, they have several classifications for landings. They have forced landings, and these are all classifications for when a plane has to land prematurely. So we're not talking about a landing at the point of destination. We're talking about a premature landing. So there are forced landings, there are precautionary landings, and this has been my favorite there's a landing that they call ditching. Woo, did, did that bless y'all like it just blessed me? Ditching. And I have realized, it was so interesting as I was studying this, that one of the things that the FAA does is as soon as it talks about all of these premature landings, the next heading in their manual is the psychological hazards of premature landing. And that got so good to me because I realized that ditching is not just an aviation reality. Ditching is a human reality. Have you ever ditched a dream? Have you ever ditched a desire of your heart? Have you ever ditched a strategy for your career mobility? Have you ever just ran out on purpose, <laughs> right? Just, just, just abandoned ship, right? And one of the things that the FAA manual talked about is how fear leads us to panic. And one of the things that the manual talks about in its training of pilots is understanding that landing is both an issue of skill and an issue of the mind. And that's so good because that same principle is true in our lives. So I've been asking myself this question, what happens when you get scared in transit? What happens? And as I've been meditating on that, I've come up with a list of things that have happened for me. And I'm wondering, family, if you see yourself in any of these. When I have gotten scared in transit, one of the first kind of go-to, and we're saying that these are not necessarily healthy things, but they're real things, is I sometimes acted like I didn't want it. 
because I got scared, I'm like, oh, I didn't really want that anyway, or I'm actually okay. I don't really, you know, I tried to deny that that was actually an ambition or a dream of my heart. Something else that I have done is I have wandered around in the stuck place. We understand that not only is there a sunken place, <laughs> but there is a stuck place. And so there have been times in my life where I have wandered around in the stuck place. I've stuffed that feeling of that ambitious restlessness that I've had that even propelled me to want to dream bigger and beyond where I was. And I've just wandered around in the stuck place. Something else that I have done is sometimes I've cried, right? Tears are real when you get scared in transit. But what's interesting is I've found that there have been times in my life where I cried about it, but I didn't do anything about it. You know, have you ever had that friend that called you and they're in that place of ambitious restlessness and they may be crying about where they are and you listen to the tears and you offer that psychological support and then you try to shift the conversation to, okay, well, we've cried about it. Now, what are we going to do about it? And all of a sudden you're being mean, right? Here's something else that has happened. Sometimes that's when we notice jealousy or envy because we see someone else that persevered through the turbulence and through the difficulty and they actually find themselves soaring. And rather than clapping as we see someone else soaring, we respond with jealousy and envy. Really, it has nothing to do with that person and them soaring, but watching them soar, watching their elevation or their change in altitude is a humbling and honest reminder of the places where we prematurely landed, our own ditching. Who I told y'all today we were gonna talk about it. No chaser, right? So here's my question, family. What happens when you, when you get scared, when you get scared in transit, how have you allowed fear to lead to panic and it caused you to ditch? I think that we can take some lessons from the FAA manual. We have to remember that if this is our season to soar, that soaring is just as much about the mindset that we protect and maintain as it is the process of lift. So here's some things that have been helping me. One is I've had to admit where I have been scared in transit. You have to admit it. There's no sense in having a fake I'm fine or unhealthy peace, I've heard it called. This unhealthy, everything is okay. I need to admit when I have gotten scared in transit. The other thing that I have found to be important is to seek support. Support can come in a variety of ways. You know, support can come in having a squad of people that you can talk to, friends that have either been where you are. I have friends in my entrepreneurial ecosystem that have been bridge over troubled water. When I've gotten stuck or I've gotten scared, that have been able and willing to walk alongside of me. Doesn't mean that they can remove the pressure or the difficulty, but they make sure that I don't walk alone. For some of us, it might be therapy. Because if we look back over our lives, fear has been a cyclical enemy that continues to short circuit purpose in our lives. And so in order to go to the root and not just deal with the symptoms, we may need to engage a clinical psychologist, a licensed therapist to walk alongside of us to disrupt that cyclical behavior or response to fear. For some of us, we have to address 
the realities of what happens when fear has caused or impacted our landing. And then we have to intentionally feed faith and hope to disrupt fear. It's one of the reasons I wrote the book and I put it inside of the Rockstar Woman Brunch Box because I wanted to share very honestly with other dreamers, with other folks in the process of lift, strategies that have helped me, books, podcasts, your own words of affirmation about yourself are so important to feeding your faith so that you don't prematurely land. And here's the one that I love. Fly again. You can restart and begin anew. You do not have to stay stranded like a member of Gilligan's Island. And I'm laughing because I know that 30% of those that listen to our podcast are between the ages of 25 to 34. So y'all gonna have to Google this reference. But you remember Gilligan's Island? Like just stranded forever, trying to make a land and a living out of what's left. And there's no knock to that because sometimes that's what happens when we've gotten scared in transit. But here's the thing, here's the truth. If you ever watched Gilligan's Island, which that was one of my favorite shows growing up, I love the episodes when they tried to get off the island, right? And that's what we have to do, real talk. We cannot get stranded and stay. Don't stay stuck, family. Just because you landed prematurely doesn't mean that you cannot soar anew. So start again, try again, begin again, wipe the dust off, seek support, admit where you are, feed your faith, and try again. Y'all already know how I feel about you. I want to see every member of this family soar and walk in the fullness of who we are created to be. I'm thinking of you. Until next time.